Hello. I kind of like the idea of doing these now on Fridays at the end of the week and then maybe one more over the weekend. And then actually being distracted by other things during the week. <laughs> um, just because I have more to talk about. This is almost like my own version of therapy with myself and whoever happens to listen to this. Um, yeah, t- this week was okay. It was kind of like work this week felt boring. But in the sense that, like, the middle of the week, I was just like, why is today Wednesday? Uh, why can't it be Friday? Because <laughs> I was tired of getting in that mood where, like, I just felt um, distracted. Like, I kept, uh, usually when I work, I have, like, a podcast or, like, a YouTube video or something like that that I play in between um, calls and like the time in between calls is never that long it's usually only like I don't know like two to five minutes depending on what I need to do after I make a phone call so um it'll take me like a couple hours to get through like an hour hour and a half long podcast or or YouTube video um but I kept like I kept switching like what I was watching a bunch of times because I just couldn't I felt like I couldn't concentrate on anything and that my mind was just like I think I was just bored of my job and didn't and was tired of thinking about it um in the beginning part of the week but you know uh today we didn't have to work for the last hour and a half of our shift because they let us we had to we in quote unquote had to watch a the like town hall thing like every quarter um the like the big people in my company in the corporation that I work for they like will do this thing that like all the different employees are supposed to um watch where they just talk about like whatever business shit like things are going to change to make more money and they had it earlier this week and so they said we had to watch that for the last hour and a half of our shift but we all work at home and I'm very sure that most almost everybody that I work with had it on like me but wasn't really watching it because uh we don't have to pretend when we're not we don't have to work in a building we can just sit there and plan our phones and be paid for the last hour and a half of our shift (laughs) um one thing that I did have a uh, I did have, um, a therapy appointment on Monday, and this one went really well, which I was really glad about. I, um, I just jived better with this therapist than the other one. Like I said, for the other therapist was, like, very, she just sounded very uptight, and, like, one that, like, goes by certain rules, and not, like, as laid back or relaxed, um, I don't know if that's really how she was, but that's, like, the, that's how I perceived her, and, um, so this one was much better, and I was able to 
explain a lot of things that I wanted to work on still and everything. Um, and so I feel really good about that. So that's, that was good. Uh, one thing that, um, sucked today that made me, that had me feeling, um, sad was, so, uh, my, so I got, uh, Sorry, I'm just rambling at this point, but so one thing that I have with my mom still that I wish I didn't have with her anymore is my cell phone bill. So I have, uh, we've had a family plan for like ever, like my sister and me and my mom have been, have been on the same family plan since I don't even know it's been a really, really long time, like, for, like, four or five years before I stopped talking to my mom, probably, and, um, so I'm on AT, I switched over to AT&T at some point, and my, and my mom switched over around the same time I did, and then, um, for some reason, I, I'm, like, the administrator on our family plan, I don't remember how that happened, but it doesn't really matter anymore, but, what that means is that every every um, month, because you know, we always pay our bill a little bit late, and but they always like will call, like send text messages or call when they're getting to the point where they might cut off service, um, and they always text me since I'm the like the administrator on the account. So today I got a text message saying that there was, like, a past due amount and that they were going to shut off our account if we didn't pay, like, the past due amount. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. So, um, the past due amount was, like, 160-some dollars. I was like, fine, I'll pay that. Um, like, I obviously, I have a little bit extra money still from the stimulus, so I just paid it and I texted my sister and was like, you know, who hasn't paid the cell phone bill still? And said like, I just paid it, but whatever. And she said that it was my mom and that my mom still hadn't paid the cell phone bill because she was like struggling with money or something recently. And I don't even care necessarily why. Um, just that that's what was going on. And so then, so when I was going to get my hair dyed, my sister put aside like $200, something like that to pay for it. And, but then, you know, I didn't end up having to pay for it because they didn't end up going because they, because my hair is so dark that it would cost, like, me, like, they were going to charge us, like, $500 to dye my hair those colors, and that is way too much, I'm not going to dye my hair blue if it's going to cost me that much money, that's ridiculous, so, um, anyway, so uh, my sister was, like, you know, I'll just hold on to the money, and then whenever you want to use something, uh, just do that, so, like, earlier this week, yes, like, yesterday, I, well, last week I asked for flowers because I've just, I want something that, um, 
makes me feel nice and I like flowers uh, sunflowers especially since they're ones that can stay alive in the winter and so she bought some for me and um, used some of that money so I didn't I wasn't I assumed she would use some of the money from that she had saved and so um, when I paid for that phone bill I just I've been more careful with money ever since we got like the stimulus right around whenever that was like right around Christmas time or like the end of the year um, and uh, so I'm but I'm still like paranoid about being getting back in a situation where money was as tight as it was then and so I asked my sister if she could just PayPal me the money for that she still had for my birthday present and you know however much that was I don't even know how much it was but it would have been enough to like help until my mom could fucking pay me back for the cell phone bill that I paid for her on I guess she's she, Cassie's my sister said she'd pay me back with this coming Wednesday um but I figured that money I could use, but I would, there's a couple just little things that I've wanted, but I've been, like, waiting for my tax return and things like that, and, like, the stimulus to buy. Nothing, like, huge, just, like, some new clothes, things like that, um, that I don't want to buy unless I have some extra money, um, out of paranoia. <laughs> So I asked my sister to give me the money and she was like, oh, I accidentally used it on bills because I didn't realize I'd, I spent, you know, all of that money. And um, that's exactly what I do. So I can't, like, I wasn't as upset with her with, you know, doing that. It was more being upset that it was just really hard hurtful that um that she wasn't paying attention and spent the money that was supposed to be for my birthday and it was just like this is why I don't like my birthday like there always seems to be something that happens like that every year where I just something happens and I end up feeling like hurt and I don't want to feel that about my birthday like another thing that happened um a couple years ago the year that I stopped talking to my mom in 2018 um on my on Christmas she uh she like we used to give each other thing like things that were like printed off that like didn't get there on time or things that were in the future or whatever so she printed off this thing and that was for tickets for like one of those uh cool things they were doing before COVID happened where they would you would go to like a theater and like a where you would see a play and they would play a movie on the big screen and a, and a live symphony would play the soundtrack so they were doing like the a Star Wars um one of the Star Wars movies with that and so I wanted to go and so um the Star Wars thing wasn't until the end of, like, the end of May, early June. 
and um you know Christmas was in December so she showed that to me and said she got me tickets and everything and so I was excited to go but like the theater that's by us they don't send out the tickets for shows until like a month before the show so I knew that it would be like a while before I would actually get the tickets so like a couple days before the actual show like fast forward to like the end of May I texted her and asked her like you know could you email me the tickets or or like do I have to go pick them up or or how is this supposed to work and um I just just like just assuming that and she like responded like texted me back and told me that she forgot to buy the tickets for me from so she like gave me something as a present and then forgot to actually follow through and buy it for me so this is like a weird trend that sometimes happens of things around my birthday or Christmas or whatever or presents I guess that like people get me stuff and then something will happen where when I think it's about to happen like it's not there anymore so like it was just really hurtful and most of the reason why it was hurtful was because this was because of because of my mom like if she had her life at least like 25% together (laughs) she would have just paid the cell phone bill and none of this would have ever happened um and I would have just asked Cassie for the money at some point uh when I had when I you know instead of needing it right now um and not to like make give excuses for for my sister but we did it we had we just had like a really nice conversation where I feel like we're like little baby birds like learning how to communicate in like a calm rational thought-provoking way without just like lashing out at people (laughs) because you know after how we after everything with our parents like we had no idea how to communicate or what boundaries were or or anything like that um so we're kind of both slowly learning how to do it but we were just very honest and she said like I need to learn how to do that and I said like I go through the same thing it's just that I I told her like my therapist have have helped me figure out that like you know I don't need to I told, because I told her, like, I don't want you, I don't want her to spend this money on, like, presents or gifts or, like, you know, capitalistic whatever things, because she, if she doesn't actually have the money for it, because, like, every year around Christmas, I always want to buy her, like, everything, like, it happens every single year, and I, like, but the last like this year, the last couple of years, it, like it's been easier to do that because I haven't had any money. But, um, but even like this year, I had a little extra money and I wanted to just buy her stuff off of Amazon. But it was just like, like spending this, getting this a couple extra things that were like some extra money, um, isn't going to prove that I love my sister more than I do. And it's just, like, material things. It doesn't actually prove how much I love her or care about her. And could, and it would probably have ended up hurting me because of how 
tight money was and it's just not worth it to spend money on a gift that that I can't really afford um like my sister knows that she loves that I love her and I know that whatever I get her she's going to be happy with because you know it's a gift like and that and so I was trying to say the same thing to her like I don't want her to go through this kind of stuff like not having money because she spent because she felt like she wanted to get me something even if it is because she just wants to get it for me because she knows that I really like it like in the end like it's not worth it like it doesn't prove anything like like the amount of how much the present is doesn't prove how much you love me um or care about me or anything like that like no matter what she gets me I would be happy and like, if I want to dye my hair blue, like, I would have, I, if I really wanted to, like, if she wouldn't have asked me for that, or if I, she would have made that appointment for me, I would have just, I probably would have just tried to find out a place by me and see how much it was and would have backed out then when I realized how much money it would be for me to do it. But I would have figured that out on my own once, like, my tax return would get here in another week or so, probably. So, um, yeah, so that was the whole thing. And so I feel good about the conversation my sister and I had because we actually could have a conversation and talk out how we feel, why we did those things, that we didn't mean to hurt each other, but we understand why your feelings are hurt and things like that. Um, which is like honestly kind of a miracle considering how much we could not talk about our feelings at any other point in our lives <laughs> besides the last like couple years it's like I'm always still amazed every time I'm able to do that to like have a conversation with anybody especially um especially her because she's um because she's my only she's the only family that I have so she's really she's really important to me so it was part of why I think I was also really hurt when she said that was because you know she's a very important role in my life and but most of it honestly was because this whole thing happened because my mom was the one who uh, didn't pay her fucking cell phone bill and I was like of course I'm the I'm like paying her part like which just feels gross to me um I hate that but it's also just one of those upsetting things that even though I cut my mom out of my life like a little over three years ago, um, and I'm glad that I did that, um, because she's a part of my sister's life, these things just pop up every once in a while with something that's happening with her affects my life in a negative way because she never has her shit together at any given time and I get um frustrated and just feel sad and neglected and all those kind of things all over again um which is the main things I was feeling today was those emotions of um like 
just wishing that she could be out of my life for good. That I wouldn't have to, that I could go through life having no idea what she's doing. Or, like, where she lives or what she's doing or how she's doing or anything like that. Like, the whole thing of her messing up Christmas really sucks still, too. But these things usually don't happen so close together, but... They happen usually a couple times a year, and I just just really don't like it. Um, it's that always that ongoing. Um, I don't know if frustration is the right word, but ongoing struggle, I guess. That, like, I want my sister in my life. That's not like something that's negotiable for me. I love her, and we have figured out a way over the last few years to continue to have a relationship, and I want her in my life, and, um, but because she's in my life, and because she's still in my mom's life, like, there, these things will happen every once in a while, where my mom will somehow affect my life, because, she's still connected to my sister and it just I get really sad thinking about that because I just wish that I could just not have that happen because my sister is the only she's the only family that I really talk to like that like I have um an aunt on each side my uncle emails me even though I usually never email him back but he's still very sweet and still emails me every once in a while, um, but, like, I don't see them, especially, obviously, because of COVID, I haven't seen them in over a year, but even before then, I would only see them, like, once every couple years or so, well, I haven't seen my uncle, I don't want to see him, um, but my two aunts, I would see them maybe once every two years, usually something like that, so it wasn't, they're like their family and that I I talk to but they're still like on the outskirts of my life so if they if they still talk to my mom which they probably do we could easily like meet up for dinner and talk about things going on in our lives without her like really coming up um but I obviously see my sister a lot more than that so um she's the only person that I have that's still connected to her that could somehow affect my life and I just really wish that it didn't happen anymore because every time it does it just brings me back to just all of the feelings attached to her like she's why I, I needed to go back to therapy because there's so much with her that I haven't really been able to completely or work through in any real way there's a lot of hurt the, of what she did, of the choices that she made, that is really hurtful still. Um, and I know that I need to try to work through some of that, so it's, like, that, it's always painful, like, um, but, like, the, the memories or the feelings that I had with my dad definitely lessened 
in like intensity after I got help with those um, and worked through some of, some of that stuff so it still hurts and there's definitely still moments where I get triggered by it or upset by it or cry about it but it's not as bad as it felt before but um, the stuff with my mom still feels like that and I feel like sorry that was just me thinking but the thing that's hard about my mom is that she is not she's a covert narcissist and by that's basically like someone that can um, be a part of normal society I guess and blend in more than a narcissist that's not covert and um the the way that they like abuse or manipulate or control you like really um surprises you because it kind of sneaks up on you they're not like loud or scary in the same way um so it's usually it takes some time to really even realize that that's what they're doing like with um my mom like with my dad my dad was like angry and yelling and um and aggressive and just scary like when he would come home from work I would literally run out of the house and run away so he was that like obvious one um and my mom like hid for a long time because she wasn't she wasn't like that she didn't start like really yelling or screaming she did that sometimes but not often like he did she was more like you know she could talk like normal and be nice seem like a good I don't want to say a good person because that puts like weird moralistic things like she did good things along the way even if there was other things going on too but um she wasn't like the stereotype like you know those like videos like um tiktok has a lot of these but like there's other like uh like people on instagram a lot of the mental health accounts will put up things saying like you know an narcissist with like symptoms of how they act or how you know if like someone in your life is a narcissist by how you act and like when I hear those lists where they're listing off like symptoms that somebody is a narcissist it's still really hard for me to um to match up what I'm hearing with my mom because a lot of those kind of things are they're more you know they make them more simplified as like a starting off point for people but it's more of the overly aggressive um symptoms of it so like when they start listing it off I can see it in my dad but it's harder for me to see it in my mom even though I know that it's there um because she was really good at kind of blending in in a way like it would still sometimes uh obviously show up 
But the things that's hard, I think, about my mom, too, is that um, the people that I've told about how about how I told her that my dad was raping me and that she um, didn't do anything, that she covered it, helped cover it up, and very obviously knew what he was doing for like three years and just stayed married to him. Like, if this is like a newer episode, like you haven't listened to many of the things that I post, just as an aside, like, there's no way that my mom didn't know. For the one fact, I told her. (laughs) When I was nine, I told her. And it was really terrifying to tell her. Like, I remember being scared. Um, So, Okay, so I lost my train of thought. Let me try to get it back. Oh yeah, okay, so I told her when I was nine, and that was really, really scary for me to do, because if you can imagine, I was a kid and was telling one of my parents that the other parent was abusing me, and he was very scary already so um I just remember thinking that I was scared that he would kill me but I told her anyway um and she so she definitely knew because of that and then the other stuff like he like moved my room downstairs so I was the only one that was sleeping downstairs And the room where my bedroom was, was, like, you walk down the stairs, and it was, like, right there. So, it was, like, he put me in, like, the most convenient room in the house where he could rape me and nobody would, you know, where he could, like, have a convenient place to do that. Like, it sounds really gross to say that he was thinking about it, like, almost, like, logistically. Like, what's the easiest way I could do this without, like waking up my other kid or whatever um but there's like no there's no conceivable way that you can especially because I was after I told her that you can see him moving me downstairs when everybody else sleeps upstairs and try to say that you don't know what's going on um so whenever I tell people that kind of stuff that she definitely knew what was happening and just didn't do anything they always say things like I can't I uh you know there's like one thing about 
not being able to deal with your own trauma from like your family's intergenerational trauma and not wanting to go through the whole process of going to therapy and putting up boundaries with your family and everything because of because it is really hard um but they always say like but like if your child comes to you and says something like that 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 would that they would think that that would be when you would get over your own shit and um, do what you need to do to protect your kid because it's your child. So it's really hard to hear, to have heard a lot of people say that. Like, it's, it's like, it's weird because in one way it's validating because they're saying that as a way to say, like, that was wrong, what was done to you. Like, she should have been there for you, which is true, and it's always, it's always validating and nice to hear people say stuff like that for the times when my mind starts telling, trying to convince me that, um, I'm the bad one here, and that I'm taking her out of my life when I shouldn't, because my brain still sometimes tells me stuff like that. Um, so that helps in those moments, but those moments don't happen as much anymore, but, uh, it's up, but it's more like upsetting because it just makes me think about how sh- that I wasn't enough. Like that, I. That's really all that there that there is. Like I was her child, and she knew what I was going through, and knowing that wasn't enough for her to get over her own bullshit and get me out of that. Um, and that's really hard to understand. I, I don't know if I will ever understand that. Like, rationally, I can understand it. Like, I know that how intergenerational trauma works. I know that she dealt with trauma herself and that she just wasn't willing to go through all of it and really process it and deal with it in a real way. She would rather have kind of lived in like the make-believe world that I was in for a long time for the first like 20 for like the 20 some years in between when the when the being when like the assaults stopped and I went back to therapy. Um, like I know that I know that it's hard to, to go through that because I've gone through it myself and I know how hard it is. But at the same time, it's like I was your kid. I was so innocent and I didn't deserve that. I didn't do anything. Like, you're the one who decided to marry my dad or, like, or, you know, bring me and my sister into the world. We didn't do anything. Um, to make that happen, that was your choice, and we're the ones that got hurt the most because of that choice, so, yeah, there's a lot there, and so, like, whenever, um, things like this happen, like, I know it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, like, it's just me being forced to pay, like, our cell phone bill, because she doesn't have the money until, like, I guess Wednesday. But anything to do with her just brings 
all of that back. And it's just, it almost feels like I want to go take, like, I want to go take a shower in general, but it makes me feel, like, gross and dirty in a way where I want to go take a shower that, with the idea that I paid something that helped her. It's like, why am I doing that? I don't want to, I don't want to help her. I I would help my sister. I don't want to help her. Um, she hasn't, like, done anything to justify having a part of my life where I feel like I would do things like that for her. Um, so I hate that I did something that ended up making her life easier. Even if it was only for a couple days. Like, I know she's going to pay me on Wednesday because she always pays me when she's supposed to because I think she's fucking terrified (laughs) of, like, what I would, what she thinks I might do or say, um, if she didn't, but it is nice to know that she is a little, that she's probably scared of me, um, because I have finally got, like, all of the control in our relationship or more of the control in our relationship, um, so I think it's hard in those moments where things like that happen where I don't or realize that I don't really have it anymore or that there's nothing that I can like I can put all these boundaries around me as much as I want and like let's say like something crazy happens this year and I'm able to like move across the country or move to another country and then in the next year or so um, like, even if I moved to, like, the other side of the world, she would still find a way to, like, warm into my life and almost infect it because she would still be, no matter what, like, she's going to be connected to my sister, so she's going to be somehow connected to me. So it doesn't matter where I go or what I do, that's just what is going to happen because being in my sister's life is a very high priority for me so it's just part of what I what has to what is part of the package of that of having her still in my life but it's not easy sometimes and then the other I am just been confused confused this week because I have been thinking more in the line of like self-acceptance instead of like self-improvement I watched a a bunch of TikToks honestly about it from other people that have been through similar kind of abuse and that talked about how the self-acceptance thing is the key and that makes a lot of sense to me because it's more about accepting what you did um, that you did the best you could during all the years um, it's when I feel like like when you go through like systematic long term like chronic abuse um, it after you finally get away from those people and you can figure out who you really are and you start really acting like yourself instead of who you were 
when they were in your life and like manipulating how you acted or what you thought about the world or people it's like it's really hard to look back at yourself and um almost be okay with the decisions that you made at least it is for me I'm really hard on myself so um this week I've like I've been going back and forth that for the last like year or so but especially this past week I've been thinking about like I don't know how to figure out um like be honest with the fact that I was probably a really shitty friend to a lot of people through the years because I was just like a mess and had and was really scared of everyone of like every human on earth and didn't know how to communicate with anyone didn't really didn't know what boundaries were didn't realize that when I did certain things I was manipulating them to initial to get like a certain reaction and just didn't know how to figure any of that stuff out um I don't know how to think about that stuff and be honest about it without it becoming like super just super mean like beating myself up because I usually just beat the beat the shit out of myself and so um like ever since I was young um like really young like first grade which is like six I've never been like I've always been like the weird kid in school um because if you know everything else that I was dealing with at home I think I didn't know how to I just didn't know how to deal with people. I was just scared. Um, pretty much all the time. And didn't and was trying the best I could to handle it. But I never really fit in and all of those years I would just even when I was younger, like first, second, third grade, I can remember just thinking that I didn't have any friends because I didn't because I didn't deserve it like that there was something wrong with me that I was like somehow like defective um and that was why I never had any friends all those years because you know there's I was less than why would I have friends then so like throughout the years there were some friends along the way that didn't treat me the best and um, I would always go back to this feeling of there's something wrong with me. I'm the reason why I don't have any friends. I don't deserve to have anybody around. I should just stop trying to... It was really easy for me to go down this crazy route of I should just stop trying to talk to people and stop trying to have relationships with anyone because they never work out because I'm obviously not meant to have long-term like relationship of any kind with anyone because it never seems to work out and so that was always my default of just going there that like it's my fault that I'm always alone and um because there's something wrong with me and 
people will realize that there's something wrong with me after being around me for a while and not want to be in my life anymore. Once they got to know me enough and would really see it, it would then they wouldn't like me anymore. Um, so I don't know how to think about the fact that, you know, that I know that now that I was not the best friend to people at all times growing up that I was trying to deal with a lot and didn't understand all that was almost wrong with me or all that I was trying to deal with because I was just totally overwhelmed with just everything. That doesn't it doesn't negate the fact that I wasn't probably the best friend to people that I could have been. Um, but that was also the best friend that I could be at that time in my life. Like, that's the best I could do. Like, I definitely gave up, put in, like, as much effort as I possibly could to make any relationship work that I had. I always felt so like I always just felt like this alien that like nobody else could ever really understand um so whenever I did have someone that I thought maybe could understand I definitely put in like as much effort and energy into making that friendship work as possible um so it's not like I didn't put in the effort didn't really try I definitely tried it's just that that was the best I could do then because of everything else that was going on around me and just, you know, I just didn't have any tools. I didn't understand what I was really doing um, or, like, how to get into a place that was better. So, but, like, I don't know how to think about that without just ending up beating myself up because that's all I've been doing. Like, this week, every time I think about, like, yeah, okay, there were some friends along the way that I probably didn't, that I had moments where I didn't treat them very well, and maybe they were in their right to, like, get mad at me or, like, not want to be friends with me because of this, that, or the other thing, um, because just the, because I was going, th- dealing with, like, like, really bad t- trauma doesn't mean that you know, they should just have to put up with someone not being, like, the best to them all the time, um, but I don't know how to think about that without it turning into me just saying that I'm the worst, and that's just, that's it, because that's always, like, my default of just the things that happen to me happen to me because I don't deserve any better, Um, so that's been really confusing to try to think about. Like, I don't know how to accept everything that I did for all of those years. Um, when my, the way that I think about it is just that I was horrible. And it's especially hard because it's like, Um, like, rape culture definitely has a part in it. Like, you know, the whole thing that 
people talk about how there's a lot of victim blaming. Like, there's so many stories in the press still of people coming forward about their abusers, like celebrities that have been abused by other celebrities, and, like, the press asking them, why didn't you leave? And I just think of myself for all those years, like, why did it take me so long to say something? Like, why did it take me, like, 22 years? Um, why did it take me 20 years after I stopped going to therapy the first time when I was 12 to tell someone anything? To tell my mom. To not let her, like, wiggle out of it and say that it was just, like, a dream and wasn't real. Like, why did it take me those 20 years? Because I, those 20 years, I was so unhappy. Um, and I just feel like I wasted so much of my life. Not being, not just not being happy, being, like, really, really unhappy, basically, all the time. Um, and so I just think of myself all those years like why did I wait so long why didn't I tell somebody sooner like why didn't I tell any of my teachers at school like I actually liked a lot of my teachers why didn't I tell any of them why didn't I tell any of my friends like I got really close friends when I was in high school one of them told me about how she was Um, assaulted by someone in her family and I said I wasn't even self-aware enough to realize that why why that story affected me so much because I went through something similar Uh, granted mine was like a little bit worse but you know it doesn't matter but like like why didn't I ever tell anybody for so long It just feels like I wasted all this time being so unhappy, wanting so badly for, like, the fantasy that my parents have kind of, that my mom especially cultivated about our family and what we really like to be true, even if it made, even if I was so unhappy the entire, like, I'm not, I feel like I sound like I'm over, like, dramatizing, but I seriously was never happy like hardly ever happy (laughs) I was so depressed and anxious and I had PTSD but I had no idea that I had it so this so like the symptoms that I had were just gone crazy like I had insomnia for years since I was like a kid um I would have nightmares that I wouldn't remember and I would wake up in the middle of the night all the time I never felt well rested I always woke up feeling exhausted I was scared of everyone always flinching at loud noises would have like panic attacks but not realize I was having panic attacks whenever there was any sort of confrontation or someone got angry or anything I didn't know how to be angry so when I did get angry it would just explode and then would like never be angry for the next like two years or something and and just I know, like, the rationally the reasons why all of that, like, why it took me so long. Like, I was living in a family situation that 
was basically built on the idea of me never speaking about this. Like, as soon as I brought it up, like, like, the whole, like, um, it's basically like a house of cards. Like, you pull out a certain card from a house of cards and it all comes falling down. Like, that, my family was basically, like, is this existing on, like, this house of cards? And if I would have come in and said the truth, then it all would have just fallen apart. And so all those, I know that all those years, all those 20 years or whatever, I knew that, that if I told the truth about what actually, what I remembered then and what I knew happened to me, like, my entire family would be destroyed and everything would blow up and everything would get horrible and there was, and I didn't want to have to deal with, like, I had that pressure or that responsibility on me all the time that I knew that that was true. And... So rationally, I know that that's why I didn't say anything, but I still can't accept that, like, because I just wish that life didn't have to go how it did, that I could have figured this out a lot sooner in life and not spend so much time being so sad and just feeling so, like, like before... Like, before the beginning, like, the end of 2019, I just always felt like I didn't know why I was alive and that I was always alive for other people. Um, I didn't feel like I had, a like, a future for myself. I wasn't living for myself. I was living for other people, for my mom, for my sister, for my friends, to make them happy. That was, like, my purpose in life was to make other people happy. I didn't care about my happiness because I was just like I'm never happy and I'm just used to that so it's not a there's no point of me trying to make myself happy that's not the point my point was to make other people happy and now it's more of just like I still want to make you know other like the people in my life I still want to have good relationships and you know I still want them to be happy around me and everything but it's a lot more balanced now like I want to have a a future for myself not just like I'm not existing just for other people like the reason why I never tried to kill myself was because when I was really suicidal in 2019 was mainly because I knew how much it would hurt my sister especially but my sister and the friends that I had and I didn't want to put them through that so it was almost like mad then that like I couldn't even die (laughs) Because because I was, like, so codependent that I couldn't even die. Because I, cause the idea of how much I knew it would hurt other people in my life stopped me. So I was almost, like, mad about that during that time. Until I got, like, in a better place. Like, mentally, at least. But, um, so... Yeah, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just get... I don't know how to figure out how to be self-aware enough to talk about the fact that I know I probably wasn't the easiest person to be friends with for all that time without it just turning into me ripping myself apart like I usually do. I know this is why I have a therapist, but... I don't know. How do people do that? Like... 
I've been a lot better in the last couple of years about being a lot more self-aware, but it's just like, how do you talk about the things that you may have done that was not the best when you were in the middle of being abused without turning it into you just saying that you're the worst person alive? I don't know where to find that middle ground, and I really wish that I would, because I feel like I would feel a lot better about myself if I could. That rhymed. (laughs) I'm going to stop talking now.